0: listening no you're listening to the buns.com podcast network <laughs> buns, buns, buns. hello lovers welcome to a sunday breakfast edition of you gotta love it the show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed the show where you can come to discover the best things you never knew existed And the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you got to love it.
1: Koji Andrew in the morning.
0: Exactly. My name is Koji. Um, I am, I don't know what I am this week. I am a part-time, what did I even do? I don't know. Um, I'm a part-time denim model. Nice. And, uh, full-time, uh, gym rat, I guess so these days, gym rat. And with me as always, uh, is my good friend and, um, working on a Saturday night, Andrew Patterson. I don't know, like you <laughs> didn't really do much this weekend. No, I didn't really do much this weekend. Uh, did some Christmas shopping.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Got to get that out of out of the way. Or did some work in the studio we just kind of generally took it easy went to the market got some produce you know yeah
2: uh i don't know yeah relax i'm, ha- I'm having
1: a problem though like the i'm not doing that like my christmas shopping kind of goes like one for you <laughs> and one for me yeah <laughs> like I, I the places i'm doing my shopping are not conducive to not spending money on myself as well, so it's my Christmas budget is essentially double what it should be because I'm, I'm treating
0: myself. I gotta say that uh, Amazon Prime is like the ultimate Christmas sort of tool, uh, although, or not even just Amazon Prime, but online shopping in general. Because I was uh, invited to a friend's house for Christmas, and his sisters have ch- have children, and I, I like I know the family, and. Uh, I was told not to get anything for the parents, but to get some gifts for the kids. So I went online and this is like yesterday and it's going to come tomorrow, which is perfect. Yeah. I went online and got these things called Hatchimals. Yes. Which is like, I like, don't know, kids love them. Oh yeah. So I ordered a couple of those and they were like, right now Toys R Us has no, no like the shipping is free. So there was like four bucks each or something and it was just like going to be delivered to my door. It's fucking perfect, you know?
1: What a, what a time we live in. What a world we live in. Yeah.
0: You know what? Which is go
1: ahead. I was just going to say it's a good segue into our hidden gem, but we haven't even talked about our material. Oh, oh be- no, it's not our hidden gem. Oh shit.
0: Before we even get there, I just want to say that from last week's episode, or maybe it was two weeks ago now, I don't remember what order we released these in, but um the disaster artist and the room. Yeah. I've changed my tune on it. It's not even so bad. It's good. The room. It's mm-hmm. just good. It's just a good movie. Like, it's not what the director intended. Whoa. You know? Yeah. But it's like, you know, if you misinterpret lyrics to a song or you look at a painting and you take it a totally different way than what the the painter had originally intended, but Mm -hmm. you think it's good, it's still good, right? Like, it's still a good work of art. You know, a song can still be good if the words mean something different to you than what they meant to the author of the lyrics. True. And I feel like... The Room, because it's one of these movies, like it's not like a traditionally good movie, mm-hmm. but you can watch it over and over and over again and get entertainment out of it. That's like, there's a lot of bad movies you can't do that with. Like, there's no way I'm watching your boss's daughter ever again. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But yes. The Room, like, I could definitely, I'll watch that again and again and again. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it, it is good. Yeah. Oh, hey, Mark.
1: Oh, hey, Mark. Yeah. yeah. No, I'll, t- t- I mean, it's just good. Sure, man. Sure. I, uh, I've had a lot of discussions about both, both movies. And I was just kind of trying to explain to people how that had haven't listened to our show, uh, how, how it kind of made me feel and how our viewing experience went. And just yep. like that weird disconnect where I felt like people were laughing at the wrong things kind of, you know, and it made me sort of uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and just basically urging people to do what we urged them in the podcast. I'm like, you know, like, even if you've seen it, rewatch The Room, but go into The Disaster Artist. Like, go in however you want, but just, like, appreciate that it's not, like, you know, it's more of a dramatic movie that has comedic elements, you know, that's, like, about... Anyway, whatever. We we don't need to rehash that episode, but it was great. It was... We've been, like, uh, the last couple episodes have been some pretty...
0: Well, so this Joke one, this, this one is like the craziest episode I think we've ever done, material-wise. Definitely the highest intensity. Like, but both. I, I loved both things so much, so much. Yeah. I mean, we can get into that in a second. But this week we are talking about uh, the hidden gem "Good Time" starring mm-hmm. Andrew, not Andrew, Daniel Pat, Pat
1: Robert Pattinson.
0: Robert Pattinson. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And uh, the movie "Mother" starring uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem. Uh, wow Wow as, as as the You gotta love it Yeah yeah So let's start with The Hidden Gem As we do um, The Hidden Gem I mean what I don't even know What to say about this movie It's not what you would expect From
1: Well Here's the thing Robert Pattinson was in Twilight Yeah Harry Potter mm-hmm. And then I, He kind of Ducked out of the spotlight He pulled one of those things That I think Wasn't up, he
0: in Water for Elephants
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah, he's, but, but, well, my point is just like there's these, you know, these actors, these young actors, I wouldn't go so far as to say child actors, but, you know, teen actors or whatever, the heartthrobs, and they're in these like huge, these days, particularly these like massive trilogies or these big budget, you know, like teen fiction films. Right. And they do one of two things. They either like carry that momentum into a career doing, being basically pop actors yeah. or they realize that they now have maybe some leverage or they have a foundation to kind of like, like fuck off and do what they want to do you
0: know, just enough money to like re- literally
1: yeah do nothing do nothing um and i f- would and like whatever you know like more power to you i'm not really like picking on on either per- but i think robert pattinson kind of did that he was in that um what was that other movie called that was so in the car? The cup poster was like the car where he was like traveling around the... I don't know. Like Cosmopolis or something like that? I don't know. I don't recall. I probably got that wrong. But I just feel like he, you know... Zach Efron, High School Musical,
0: right? Could have like... And he still kind of does the popular comedy types. Well, stuff. so he... I think he went the other route and yeah. then diverged later because like yeah. he was he was in like Valentine's Day or whatever oh, yeah. and like all these like heartthrobby movies and then yeah. someone was like wait this guy's funny though you know but like Robert Pattinson went like underground you know yeah well he kind of did a Daniel Radcliffe yeah
1: yeah yeah and th- interesting they both have a similar trajectory sort yeah. of but this, this movie is is like the height of that I, I feel yeah so good time a summary of this movie is basically it's about a a guy whose brother has like a learning disability yeah, uh, or uh, some kind of mental issue. Yeah. Like a, yeah. And, uh, he right out of the gates, they rob a bank. Well, they like, there's details, but just the gist is they rob a bank and the rest of the movie is like, basically like the 24 hours, say, or the 12 hours after robbing the bank. No, it's twenty four hours where his brother gets caught immediately. Robert Pattinson's brother, like the the and uh he then proceeds to just try to escape capture from the police, but also get all, his brother out get, of jail. Get his brother out of jail. And it's one of those movies that's basically just Nonstop. You almost feel like even though the movie itself is like on, just comes in just under two hours, it feels like you're watching the entire 24 hours. Yeah, like, it's like real time. Yeah. There's like not, there's not a lot of like uh passage of time off camera for the audience, at least that, you know, it doesn't feel that right. way.
0: It, It's really only the mundane stuff that you don't see. Like if they're driving from one place to another. Yeah. Although there's some amazing driving scenes. Yeah. But, but generally speaking, if they're dra- traveling, let's say from one place to another one place he boards a bus. Mm-hmm. You don't see the bus rolling along to every stop, you know, that sort of thing. But like, other than that, you're kind of watching the whole thing unfold and it is bananas.
1: Yeah. This movie, right. I I feel like to get you in the
0: headspace of what this
1: movie is like is if you've ever seen the movie Running Scared. Okay. With uh, fucking Fast and the Furious. Why am I drawing a blank?
0: paul, walker, Vin paul Diesel? walker
1: paul walker uh this is like that but with a shitty person <laughs> yeah okay because running scared is like i haven't seen that movie in years but i remember like i don't know whether i we like rented it from blockbuster or something <laughs> like it was one of those you know or we saw it in theaters i can't remember but just like a super fucked up kind of fever dream fluorescent colors nightmare about a guy trying to like get money to get like his family back, free his family from some gangsters or something. I can't quite remember what the plot was, but it's like insane. Like there's a scene where they're in a hockey rink that's all lit up by black lights and they're being put, you know, these guys are being forced on the ice and these like, you know, fucking like Mr. Freeze esque villains are like taking slap shots at their face. Like, and the whole movie is this like,
0: but this isn't that
1: crazy though. No, it's not that crazy. But my point is just like, there, there is even like a crazy circus black light, you know, there's yeah. like, and the whole thing proceeds at a pace. It's got, there's like psychedelic drugs. Like there's like a lot of crazy shit that happens in this movie, in this film. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that was sort of the gist, but like, so what,
0: and it's kind of got, got the gritty feel. I feel like it's much grittier than running scared like end of watch or something yeah you know what i mean it's just like oh it's so it feels the movie feels dirty yeah it's more da- it's more
1: down to earth though than re- yeah i'm not like saying it's the same movie as running scared it's just like i'm kept thinking about it because the the pace of the film yeah is like the only real calm parts are the beginning where it's his brother with like his like psychologist or psychiatrist or uh, you know just some sort of is like a social worker that's like helping his brother and Robert Pattinson bursts in to be like "Yo, know what are you doing here and like get, gets him out of there yeah and then uh, even the I would say even the bank robbery scene is like calm yeah like it's there's like it's not it's like a very understated compared to the rest of the movie subdued these guys basically just like right after the opening scene they just have these crazy masks on and they just like that make them look like they're just like construction workers or something with yeah. like, you know, the neon jackets, neon vests. And they just walk into a bank, write a note that says like fill this bag up with like $65,000. I don't even
0: know why he brought his brother because like <clears throat> had he
1: not brought his brother, he probably would have just been fine. Yeah. Well, I think that was like the only that was their way of showing that he, in in his own st- weird way, he, you know, he had this like connection with his brother. Like he wanted to, like the opening sentence where he kind of comes in and he's like like what do you think you know like you think you're stupid like you think you know like yeah. you think you belong in this like place like you don't you know like you're fine don't worry about it right and he's trying to kind of like i think convince himself but also convince his brother that he doesn't have this you know disability yeah. so to speak and then i think that the bank robbery is something he would have done on his own anyway cuz he just is kind of like a scummy guy but like that was his like You know, like we can do this together, you know, like, you know, and I think that that was supposed to be the sort of that's what makes those two characters connected and shows their sort of bond. And like what like gives this sort of impetus for how he behaves for the rest of the movie, because he clearly doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Like, he's just like a. Yeah, we don't know much about him. We still don't know much about his character at the end of the movie, other than he's pretty scummy. Like he's clearly. A pretty shitty person, kind of like a chronic liar. And
0: Jennifer Jason Leigh's character. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. dude,
1: everybody in this movie is fucked up. It's so crazy. His brother
0: kind of feels like a... a one, F- of one of the directors, eh? Hey? Oh, really? Yeah. Like it's, a, like a brother du- it's a brother duo. Lenny kind of character. But, like, maybe not... It, it Just the one scene, even at the end, where he's just like, I don't know no one here. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but then he, like, kind of is fine. But,
1: you know... <laughs> that Iggy Pop song with the... Okay, so like just, yeah, there's so many things. So I feel like this episode, this is going to be hard to like condense. But yeah.
0: but you like this movie though?
1: I liked it. Uh, One O' Tricks Point Never did the score, which was sick. It was like, a, it was really an obvious, you know, there's this current trend of modern media leveraging like 80s synth wave style music. I like One o Tricks Point Never prior to seeing this movie though. So right. when I saw that the soundtrack, I was like, oh, this is going to be pretty cool.
0: I, I like the soundtrack, but I feel like the the this whole thing is getting is getting overused. Yeah, I agree. This movie is kind of one of those movies that I wouldn't actually mind seeing it in because of the whole like fever pitch, like m- madness sort of deal. You know, kind of like Drive or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Just like don't I don't want to get like oversaturated. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's gonna happen. Obviously, it's the soundtracks that sell. Right. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Those are the ones that people want to buy now. Yeah. Uh, It's. um, Have you pre-ordered your Thor Ragnarok soundtrack or what? No. It's. There's like.
1: I don't know. I don't even really know like what. What else to talk about. Like there's so much stuff that happens in this movie. There's a lot of like really. Like it's very dark. There's some really. You know I read some of the reviews after. And there's people that just hated it. You know, this I, well, was a hidden gem, but so, there was critics that were just saying that it was like this hollow, you know, it, they use like pace and like shock value to try to like cover up the fact that there's like
0: nothing, there's nothing there. Well, what I was going to say, I don't know that I agree. I totally that. disagree. But what, what I was going to say is I can understand why people aren't going to like it or may not like it. There's a kind of a warning that this movie, especially not the end, but the end of the uh, Robert Pattinson's journey is kind of it, it ends in like one of those movies well like that happened yeah you know and a lot of people don't we were just discussing this off mic when we were eating a lot of people don't like movies where it's just like well here's a story and you know that story happened it's yeah. not like it doesn't wrap it up in a nice bow yeah. or whatever it does give you a little bit of closure with the brother yeah and you kind of get the sense that okay maybe he'll be all right yeah but given Robert Pattinson's character, you you'd think that it might end in some spectacular way. Yeah. But you don't even see it. You just see it from like this guy looking over a balcony, like, oh, oh, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Right. Like it's not some. It's not like some blaze of glory or. Yeah. I mean, spoiler alert or whatever, but it doesn't. It it just is. Yeah, and there's like a lot of. I think there
1: one thing that both the movies that we are talking about today have in common, they both are fucking ratcheted up the intensity. Like, they both are, like, it's hard to blink and yeah. look away because it's, like, a constant, like, just escalation. And they both have some very shocking things in them that are, like, for some reason, not for some reason, I like, they, it, it could have been horribly in poor taste in another film, say. I don't know. There's like a sequence in this movie where he's like trying to seduce like a 16-year-old girl, which is really uncomfortable to say the least. And it's really weird, but like in context of what's happening, it doesn't make it okay. You understand why he's doing it. You understand why he's doing it, but like you're still like, this guy is a fucking scumbag. Like what is he doing? Like this is horrible... It's like you want to see what's happening, but you don't necessarily... My feeling with this movie is I wanted to see the resolution. I wanted him to find his brother and get him out. Yeah. But I didn't really want him to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he... he, Which is why the ending was satisfying to me, because I was like, okay, good. You know? Like, it wasn't like... They didn't set it up in a way where... But it's interesting. He did
0: something... He does the right thing at the end. Right? I mean, they only imply it, but they... They basically imply again huge spoiler alert. See the movie before you listen to this part. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. But they imply that he he confesses to having done everything, Mm -hmm. and that his brother wasn't really a part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, his brother was just there essentially. Yeah, you know, and so like he he does he doesn't redeem himself really, but like he does do right by his brother in the end.
1: Yeah, he does right by his brother. That's true. But I just meant like. It wasn't like they set it up where it's like you know they're really down on their luck and they like get in trouble with some like you
0: know. Oh, like that sweet game. movie with Chris Pine, the like western one. You know what I'm talking about? No. It was nominated for an Oscar with Jeff Bridges.
1: Bone Tomahawk? No, that's not Bone Tomahawk. No, no. Jeff Bridges. Uh, mod. It's a
0: mo- It's not really a western. It's like a modern day. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The last year. Um, yeah. Yeah. I watched it with. Uh, Ben Foster, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fuck. What was so that movie good. Called? That movie was so fucking good. Yeah, it was amazing. And I can't even remember what it's called. Anyway, uh, Hell or High Water. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Because um, that's the opposite of that. But, there, but there's no like, there's no like, the the way this setup isn't like, oh, like they're down on their luck and then they're put in a position where he has to like rescue his brother and you're like, you, you're you rooting for him and he's a flawed character. It's literally like the flip of that where you're like, this wouldn't happen if he wasn't being such a shitty person. And also he just continues to be a shitty person kind of through the whole yeah. movie. You you're know? kind
0: of not rooting
1: for him, but you want his brother to like end up okay. You want his brother to be okay. But you're like,
0: fuck this guy this though.
1: This just so awful. Like actually one of the sequences that bothered me the most, uh, is this movie has some like forced drug use where like, the I am the captain now yeah. guy from Captain Phillips, whose name escapes me, plays like a security guard. I mean, granted, it's the States, you know, so I'm he's probably armed with something. But right. he just plays like a security guard, you know, basically like a mall cop. Yeah. He's, he's guarding like this carnival or this like this fairground. And these fucking guys have like a Sprite, have like a Sprite bottle full of acid. And they beat the shit out of this guy take off his security uniform and then like dump like a fucking quarter of like this whole bottle of acid in his mouth. So that like when the cops find him and he like comes to, he won't be able to like identify them or explain what happened. Yeah. But it's done in a very like, Again, gritty like it's it's doesn't feel over the top when they're doing it. Right. And it's it's done so violently, like the guy when he's just like, Oh, like drink up, motherfucker or whatever. (laughs) And I'm just like, Oh no. And then when the guy wakes up, it's just like you feel for him so badly. Like he, you know, probably like permanent brain damage. I don't know, but like just comes to. He doesn't know he's like speaking gibberish. He's clearly terrified, he doesn't know what's going on, and the police see like a bloodied black man on the ground acting crazy so they're obviously they like cuff him and they like chain him to like a bit and you're just like these guys are just fucking the worst like they're just leaving a trail of destruction in their wake like yeah um but i did i will say that i did think i think this movie is worth watching just to because it's a very interesting it's like you're watching him make decisions on the fly yeah and it doesn't feel, it does feel seat to your pants. Like you feel watching it feels like it's very the tense. Way he, Yeah. It's like the way he's behaving is how you watch this movie. There's not, you don't really know what he's going to do next. There's not a lot of premeditation. He just finds himself in situations trying to not get, arrested yeah and he's literally making decisions like as you're watching the film it's kind of, i don't know it's just like kind of unique like i can't really think of another you know what i mean yeah yeah like like when he gets dropped off they get dropped off from the bus from like the the wheel trans thing mm-hmm. from the hospital and he's just like fuck like what i'm in the middle of nowhere so he just goes to the last address where that like black woman is and just knocks on the door and it's just like hey can i come and use your phone like the whole film is just him being like okay what am i gonna do next you know like how can i yo and then when that guy comes to yeah twist I don't even want to ruin it I was just like what <laughs> it, it took me a while to figure out what was going on yeah I know but the, which is like yeah which I don't know yeah is and and you know speaking on some of the traditional like there's some really cool film techniques I, I really liked how they did some of the transportation scenes like the camera would like zoom out from a car and you would almost see the car move from location to location like the yeah. whole the whole drive but from this weird trippy aerial view Um, Robert Pattinson looked absolutely terrible like props to him and the makeup and costuming like that like he did you
0: you wouldn't recognize him really like he looks pretty fuck uh, so thumbs up basically is what we're saying yeah okay I think now is probably a good time speaking of looking terrible uh, to talk about our you gotta love it for the week mother exclamation point how, so... I here, mean, I know how. I know how. Here's but the like, thing. This is the first movie that I think is a You Gotta Love It based solely, like, having nothing to do with the actual movie itself. So, a lot of the reason people hated it and kind of felt cheated and whatever, because I... Trigger I, warning? I did a lot of... No, no, no. I did a lot of, like, uh, research, is the official poster. I mean, there was a bunch of posters done by... What's his name? Oh my god. Famous artist. Uh okay, I'll 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 look it up while we we'll talk while we talk. But there was a bunch of posters done by this famous artist um that were really like really beautiful. Mm-hmm. But the actual poster for the for the release uh this isn't one of those this is the release poster. There were so many posters. It, it looked like Rosemary's, Rosemary's Baby. Baby. Yeah. So and it was marketed as a home invasion thriller which is like, right. could not be further from what this movie is. Yeah. Interestingly. And so, well, before you before you go on, it's just like a lot of people came in and saw this movie and thought to themselves like, no, we were cheated.
1: How could you even not just switch gears though? Um, Like, I, I would almost probably like this movie more if I went in expecting that and then saw this because it, it would be so so much greater than the well
0: okay well let me say this though i knew going into it that it was a biblical allegory okay and so that made it way better for me way better i i would say that i almost wish you hadn't
1: said that yet but i know we're gonna have to get to it at some point i would say that i i went in this movie knowing absolutely nothing and i did read a little bit about the marketing after oh it's and james like, Jean. oh That's it was right. james Jean? yeah uh, Vanity Fair. There was all of these article magazines and articles covering and like being like, oh, like here's all the things they did wrong in promoting this movie. Here's my experience with this movie. I saw the trailer on the TIFF website for TIFF. Yeah, that was it. Okay, okay, but no, I- I'm just saying from my experience. So I went into this movie seeing a trailer. I know there's multiple ones, but the one I saw was perfect. Didn't tell me anything. I was like, fucking Darren Aronofsky, Javier Bardem not a, the hugest Jennifer Lawrence fan, but based on this trailer, I was like, I just want to see this movie. It looks amazing. And then I didn't hear or see anything else
0: well, at so all. Here, here's the thing, okay? And I Other than
1: Lucas saw it and said it was amazing.
0: What makes this so interesting, right, is that like, if you are a TIFF moviegoer watching a tr- the trailer for TIFF going to see this movie, you would probably like it. Mm-hmm. But when it's released to the general, and, and at that point, it didn't have that Rosemary's Baby poster, right? Mm-hmm. But when, after TIFF, when they decided to do a wide release and they start marketing it as a horror film, like, I think we can both agree this movie is not for everybody, right? It's, well, it's definitely not for everybody. It, it ha- it's like, no, when I
1: said trigger warning, there's some shit in this movie, like it, some it, crazy and shit it, it's cloaked, that I've never seen before. It,
0: like, cloaked is not even the right word. It is like, not even draped, but it is just like smothered in like uh, all this, uh, you know concepts that that exist outside the movie that like you know it requires you to have some some prior knowledge of certain things going into it for you to get the full enjoyment out of it i'm not saying that you couldn't enjoy it if you didn't understand certain things mm-hmm. but like uh, you know i mean we i already tipped the the fucking hat there but like if if, if you knew the book of genesis hmm especially the ending, would make so much more sense. You'd be like, oh, fuck, it's so crazy. Like, it's so crazy, but it's even more crazy because it's, like, this whole thing, you know? And, well, here's, yeah. Uh, I, can, I, I don't know that the general public, it, it, when they go to a movie on a Friday night that they're looking for, like, a, a scare, sure. that's, this is a movie for them. Like, I think yeah, that's fair. Get Out was probably the perfect combination of horror and, like, you know, heady Still concepts. Yeah. What? What the fuck? We, we should just, just do told an episode. I that like a billion times. I know, but like that was a long time ago. I feel like we should just do an episode on Get Out. That could I, be a whole I only thing. I to episode. watch
1: the movies that we are recording for. That's like, the, that's like my cap. I haven't even been able to like I can't watch my TV shows that I need to catch up on.
0: I feel like our next episode should involve Get Out then and whatever your choice is for one of your favorite movies of the year. Okay. Um, uh, okay. So, but like, I would agree
1: with that. I would agree that like people going into this movie expecting just like a horror movie with these two people. Could... I, I
0: would argue that it's not even a horror movie. It yeah, has. I don't. I mean, I don't disturbing know. disturbing elements. Does not make for a horror movie. I don't think. Okay.
1: Well, by definition, what is a horror movie to you then?
0: I, I don't know. I feel like it. it if like it, where the intent you... needs to be to frighten. And I feel like this movie is not frightening.
1: I don't think it does. I think that what you're thinking of is a subgenre of horror. I think there are, that's what I was trying to explain. Like, to me, Antichrist is yeah. a horror movie.
0: Yeah, but because, it, because I feel it, like that it, is frightening, though.
1: This is the same thing. They, no, they both, no, no. No, listen, though. They're both like, what other category would you put them in? It's kind of like the sort of comedy tragedy division, you know? Like,. You may not think of things traditionally as a comedy or as a tragedy, but those are like the two categories things fit in. And when it comes to genre, I'm like, if if it has horrific content in it, even if the intent is not necessarily to frighten, it falls into the category of horror. Because you're not going to no, put no, this, no. In, but, but, okay, this in... No, no, no. But okay, Saving Private
0: Ryan, right? Yeah. Has horrific content it's in it. It's a war
1: movie, though. That's a very specific genre. Y- y- I what feel like what this, genre would you put this in? I
0: feel like this is in its own fucking tier. This is like what would you call some it? shit what that would I've never even seen before. I don't know. I would call it one of the best movies of the year, is what I would call it. Yeah, it's incredible. But I'm just, I'm just
1: saying, like. But like a I'll lot of this I way. can understand why people would absolutely hate it. Even if this movie wasn't marketed as a horror movie, yeah. I was still felt like it was a horror movie. I would say through the first two acts
0: before it dawned on me what was going on. Sure. So, but, so but like if it was more marketed as like a arty cinema horror type thing, I think that people would because. As you know, right, like we've learned doing this podcast that a lot of how you feel about a movie has to do with your expectations mm-hmm. during the movie and, and going into the movie. And I think that if the expectations were set correctly for this movie, people would be more open to it or less people would see it and the reviews would be less skewed. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean by that?
1: Yeah, I think there was definitely some some I think there were some missteps with the marketing and I was reading about how Darren Aronofsky wanted things to be. He, he had like
0: pretty... Well, he t- released like a huge statement before the movie even came out. He, oh, I didn't read about that. Part. Like a three-page, this is my vision yeah. type oh, thing. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, really quickly though, before we even get any further into this, uh, the movie is about Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem living in the country. Javier Bardem is an author, a poet. The poet and uh jennifer lawrence is kind of like a housewife tending to the house building the house uh and they are interrupted by ed harris and michelle pfeiffer mm-hmm. um and then like craziness ensues people get invited over to their house their house kind of gets full um and it, it, it immediately it feels like jennifer lawrence is, has no no agency over anything that's happening in her house that she kind of Put together, and then there's some sense of normalcy is returned. She gets pregnant, Mm -hmm. and right before she has the baby, like nine months later, when she's about to pop, essentially, it just devolves into like another. It is like the the crazy. It is one
1: of the craziest. Like again, like the first movie, even more than the first movie, like Fever Dream, like. Well, like I was watching it and I could not look away and I wanted to look away at parts. I was just like, holy fuck, what is happening? But here's the thing. You know, when I messaged you and I was just like swearing, I messaged like probably four or five people just being like, have you seen this movie? What the fuck? Like I was just like, so, and I had probably like 15 minutes left when I messaged you. Yeah. I would say that going into this movie, not knowing anything, it was, like, a real gem of an experience. It's so hard to find, which I think is what Darren Aronofsky kind of wanted. He wanted, didn't want the trailers to give anything away. He didn't want, you know, marketing to give things away. And there was all these missteps kind of outside of the movie about how it was presented. But I feel like I kind of saw it the way it was intended because I didn't really know going into it what it was about. But in his and statement, he explains the whole... I didn't read the statement. Okay. Anyway, I'm just, I just Literally, all I saw was, like, that first trailer. Wanted to see the movie. Saw the movie. Yeah. But, like... It took me... I would say that I knew something was up in the first act. I was like, okay, clearly there's like heavy allegory. There's a lot of metaphor here. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's not what it seems. And I, I at that point, picked up that it maybe wasn't a traditional horror movie, but I was still kind of piecing together. It wasn't second nature for me. Like, I didn't make those steps quickly because I wasn't raised in a household that, like, non-religious. You know, you're yeah. talking about Book of Genesis. But I was like, okay, something something's going on here second act even more so i was like okay something's really going on here when it dawned on me what it was which i hadn't quite distilled but like when you when i messaged you and you're like oh it's this i was just like of course it is but like i was almost i feel like i would have gotten there myself but like when you told me that fucking blew my mind i was just like it makes so much sense and i was like thinking back to the whole movie just like every scene and i was just thinking about all all of the things that happened, and i was just like this is fucking unreal like it was just okay well it was, like, it was just like this like floodgates opening and i was watching the movie but i also wasn't it was like i was watching it from outside myself just thinking about the entire experience beginning to end just like holy shit this is like this is crazy uh i do have one question for you before i forget yeah what do you think that tinkling noise through the whole movie meant oh i don't know did you notice that? Yeah, yeah. I made 3 notes about it. I made a note about it at the beginning and then I made a note about it bef- just before things got crazy and then at the end. It was so consistent. It was happening like it was like ting ting. Yeah, I and it was know. like it was it was There, you never like I think it had something to do with the the like crystal or something, but like I don't know. And I didn't read anything about that. And I was like, how did nobody notice the sound? It was driving me nuts, but like Not ruining the movie, but I just wanted to know what what it represented. Did you do any reading afterwards? I did quite a bit of reading afterwards, but like it didn't really, my brain was this mush because
0: I was just like, holy fuck, this just like fucking knocked me on my ass. I mean, the whole, I I guess we should probably just go through it piece by piece, right? So like,
1: let's just say right here, honestly, because I really feel like, like go watch this movie before we continue talking about it. I know we say spoiler alert a lot. We've already said some shit, but. The, I, if we're gonna I, do a deep dive, we really need to li- like you need to not know what's going on.
0: I I, I think it's ironic and uh, and interesting, and I would wager just well okay, just ironic and interesting that probably one of the best movies I've watched all year. This coffee got me like, focused, bro. The the probably the the best movie we've watched for this podcast period, mm-hmm. not period, not period, but this year, that <laughs> but, but this year right, 2017, is a you gotta love it.
1: Right? Yeah, that's, that's pretty so crazy. crazy. It is
0: crazy. It's just so good, though. Okay, so, um, Javier Bardem and and uh, Jennifer Lawrence, God and Mother Nature. Yeah. Okay, and then Ed Harris and uh, and Michelle Pfeiffer come in there, Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they're talking about having sex and doing all this stuff. I don't know why they made them like an older couple, but whatever. It doesn't really matter. And why Adam was dying. Like, I, I don't know the Book of Genesis that well to know, like what that's all about but uh okay so the rib well yeah like how? oh man and then uh cain and abel are their kids yeah right and one murders the other obviously and then yeah then then goes away and and that i guess like all the people showing up at their house is like, I'm
1: sure that there's, within those like glimpses of all the extras, they all represent something, but it just gets so crazy so fast that it doesn't even matter. I like want to know just like,
0: who the who, who the, uh, the black guy is that offers her alcohol. Like, who that guy is supposed to be, because I feel like for sure that guy is supposed to be somebody.
1: Or like the creepy guy that's hitting on her?
0: Yeah. But this... I, this th- fuck, man. There's so much to talk about in this movie. It's so crazy. And it's then... Like, I mean, well, so what's super interesting, right, is like... And then she gets pregnant. Like we're skipping ahead a lot, but she gets pregnant and then has Jesus essentially. And she's like, I don't want you to take my baby. I don't want you to take my baby. And they're like, well, I just want you to see, I just want them to see him. You know? Mm-hmm. And they're like, she's like, no, no, no. Uh, she falls, uh, sh- she falls asleep and, uh, and then have you ever M takes the baby and shows it to the people and the baby's getting passed along like, you know, like almost crowd surfing. This is like, yeah, this was
1: like a definite like trigger warning
0: scene. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. That's a direct kind of, um, allegory, whatever for one, Jesus is being carried to the cross. Right. Hmm. And then the baby dies and they're like, they killed my son. But it's like, you know, God and and whoever his partner is looking at the death of their son. And he's like, we have to forgive them. Yeah. And she's
1: like, fucking, just about ready to just snap
0: yeah just on the cusp but then at that point right or even before that sorry when she's pregnant about to have the kid it like goes from like um you know the bc obviously yeah to like ad where like there's like actual military fighting over you know who's god is who's they're like putting stuff up on the walls and stuff i was like this is Fucking
1: genius! It is so crazy, man. The the escalation and, over and that the, sequence was like the like ash on the forehead. Oh my god! I couldn't even. I couldn't even. It, it escalated so quickly and at such a consistent pace mm-hmm. that. Oh fuck, man! I like. I can't even. The 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 thing we haven't really talked about is like Darren Aronofsky, obviously is quite a skilled you know he he's no stranger to making to directing sort of like art house you know like but the technical shit in this movie even for that sequence like the whole movie is filmed beautifully um another reason that i would kind of say it's filmed sort of like a very suspenseful horror movie like it's very close you know very close cut you know or crop shots You follow, like, the character. It's got that sort of, like, you don't know what's going to be around the corner constantly. It could also
0: have been a traditional horror movie. Like... Just the po- the point where she's like out of control in her own home yeah. was hor- like it's not horrifying oh, yeah. in in like a traditional sense, but it just like fills you with so much anxiety that I was like, this oh, could man. have just been its own movie. Yeah, and it, and and that
1: the speed at which that sequence happens and there's like not really cuts. Like I yeah. don't know if you were notice is yeah. kind of like Children of Men when shit falls apart. Yeah, yeah. At the end, it's but exactly like, like that. But like exactly in, in a more. It's condensed. like all of human history condensed into like ten minutes, yeah. and it's fucking crazy. It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. It's like I, l- the part where, so then you just know what's going to happen with the shot, but like when she sees like the, uh, like the sort of like the POWs sort of, and they're being executed, and then like the military like comes through, and she just is like, I, you don't know what the hell's going on at this point. Well, you probably know what the hell's going yeah. on, but you're just like, well, what's going to happen next? And then that soldier like takes her there's like an explosion and he protects her and then he like gets up and he's like, we need a met. And then his fucking jaw gets shot off. Yeah. And it's like, so like you're trying to catch up every second and insane things are constantly happening. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You can like really, the, I don't think I've seen a movie that like portrays chaos in such a, like you do, you feel anxious, you're watching it. You're just like, fuck. And, at and then that again, point,
0: Kristen Wiig as the publicist slash Herald. Oh man. Uh, Pretty pretty nuts, and then yeah. So then they have the they have the baby, and the world is calm for a second, and then they kill the baby, and they're so distraught with grief that they start eating its body and drinking its blood, which obviously is like a clear like oh this is Jesus Ugh. type moment. Uh, but like it, that's it's like kind the of like only graphic turns my stomach. a little It's really bit. the only graphic no, scene in the movie when
1: she's getting attacked it's pretty graphic oh yeah right at the end oh my god i feel like that would be this almost more than the bit like hitting people with that right after the baby i before reading the reviews like i feel like that was something that upset a lot of people because like they don't really again it's sort of like if you're i think you could argue that that would be one of those sequences where some people are like why do they need to show that and other people i'm sure like you or i would be like it's kind of like crucial to the well point like the yeah. point of the movie it's just delivered with such brutal unflinching like you know you're not used to seeing that kind of thing and it's it's really awful and, and it's it, supposed to be awful but like it's supposed to make you feel fucking
0: horrible i think that again knowing that she represents mother nature yeah maybe softens a bow because it's it's a, yeah. a, a metaphor for the the all of humanity kind of trampling and destroying mother nature and then what happens is she finds the lighter and and Burns the house down. Oh, before that, she,
1: she lashes out though, and she fucks. Oh, she kills a bunch of people. She kills a lot of people, and then, yeah, and then she just is like, "fuck it all," and just like lights that she lights that bitch on fire. What's
0: interesting though is, I mean, and I didn't really do any research on in in on this. I I I wonder why Darren Aronofsky decided to use fire, because in in again in the Book of Genesis, it's a flood, right? It's Mm. like the whole Noah's Ark situation, and that's why. Again, huge spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, the whole thing burns down. He gets like her love or whatever, Mm -hmm. uses that to start again. Mm -hmm. And that starting again was, you know, God and Mother Nature, whatever, cleansing the earth of all these living things and being like, fuck it. Let's, we got to start over, right? After like Sodom and Gomorrah and all that stuff. Like that's where this movie, and that's why it starts off with somebody else slightly different. Yeah.
1: And it's all cyclical.
0: Yeah, well, in this this film, I I, I'm not sure if it's. I guess it must be because he starts over a number of times. Yeah, yeah. But I I wonder, I wonder, like, because I I, again, I'm not so well versed in the Bible. How many times God has to like wipe the earth of things before he gets it right? Well, the other thing, or right. the, The other thing, though, the other
1: thing that I thought interesting is, I guess maybe because I hadn't read any of the any of the Bible. Yeah. I am aware that those are all there, but I also feel like the thing that I almost like noticed more
2: mm-hmm.
1: is that I felt like even more, even, uh, I mean, that's a, is a pretty strong message of like, that is clearly, you know, Javier Bardem's character, particularly how it begins and how it ends speaks to that. But yeah. I feel like a lot of it outside of biblical stories is just about humanity and sort of like the rape of the natural world. Like the artists. Oh, totally. Because, because yeah, yeah, like like yeah. The, you could watch that movie and like think of it almost separate, like without g- God being in it, you know, like her, she has, she has created this home. Like she's created the, you know, this or the garden of eat, like there's so many layers, but like, yeah. basically she's created a planet. There are living things on it. She wants to like bring life into the world. She's like spent all this time creating this like complex, you know, intricate system. And then the organisms that are occupying it are just so like, destructive and like and it starts off kind of slow but it's like those things like oh we don't smoke in here and they kind of like oh okay well whatever and then people just kind of ignoring her and you're like yeah. oh and it's just sort of like that that's when i started to notice like just the way people were behaving i'm like okay i'm seeing something a trend here and then like during that party scene where it's insane they're just taking her food you know like yeah they're, they're eating her food they're like taking her like resources they're destroying things even though she's like asking like they're warning signs she's <laughs> like don't do that
0: the, the like ed harris party scene yeah yeah that one okay yeah and then because the
1: one afterwards where the one afterwards gets even crazier though like wh- when they're sitting on the sink
0: where they're just like no no the one where they're just taking stuff they're like oh, i need to yeah. have something oh yeah 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 it's yeah. like fuck it's yeah. so crazy and
1: then like and then you know her reaction is kind of like you know there are people who talk about Climate change and things that we've kind of like sped up or brought upon ourselves and how it, it has this destructive force That's kind of like mother nature like cleanse it like she's like I'm gonna f- like fucking flood the shit I'm gonna send like tropical storms. I'm gonna do all this crazy stuff So at the end when she starts like killing people and just like losing it It's like she's been pushed too far And there's been so much destruction that it's just like, okay The only way back from this is to fight like I need to get these things out of here
0: well that's like, what, what he was going for like Yeah, I know, yeah. but I'm just saying like It's a that, comment on
1: modern day and how we've oh, kind of yeah, fucked things absolutely. up. Absolutely. Well, I'm just saying it's a comment on a lot cuz like you could I feel like you could take away that message without necessarily having to take away the the biblical messages, you know what I mean? Cuz those things oh, I oh, think totally, it's yeah, yeah. mutually exclusively, but it's like I don't know. I think that it's a pretty insane achievement to To be honest, like I was like reeling after watching that movie. I was just like, that was fucking crazy. Yep. It was so crazy. I'm with you on that one. Do you have any thoughts about what the yellow elixir is that nobody seems to know? And Darren
0: Aronofsky was like, I'm taking that secret with me to my grave. Uh, One of the things I read was suggesting it was uh, a nod to another movie called The Yellow Curtain. Yeah, I saw that as well. But that's all I know. I don't really know much. I was wondering if it
1: had something to do with... Science.
0: But, like, why would that... Oh, that could be. I don't know. It could be. It could be, like, because... But, like, from
1: his perspective, as a director, like, you know, it was about, like, God and nature. And maybe he was just trying to, like, slide in, like, a third element in a really, like...
0: But it could be because every time previously that we feel like we're on the brink of destruction or something, and we get something like the steam engine or, like, whatever to, like, ease the burden... And it was Slightly. like, it
1: was the only thing that didn't seem, it seemed kind of out of place, you know? Yeah. Like, you, anyway, whatever. And and we don't know what it is and we don't really understand what it is or like what it's doing or how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that was really gross and disturbing was the toilet scene, which I read was just supposed to imply that the, the house was like a living thing kind of, but like that was really fucking gross. And when I saw that, it was really unsettling. And w- I didn't
0: w- remember, remind me of the scene. When she goes
1: into, after Michelle Pfeiffer, like, disappears, and then she f- goes into, the like, the guest bathroom, and there's, like, the bloody tissues on the sink. Oh, and, and then there's that little a, creature She, in she the puts toilet? them in the toilet, and then, like, it floods, and she's, like, plunging it, and when she stops plunging it, it looks like there's, like... A, a little octopus or something? Like a human turnip, kind of, like a disgusting, like, fetal... It just looks like a gross growth. Yeah. And she's, like, squinting at it and squinting at it, and then, like, at the last second, it just kind of goes, wee, and, like... Sp- like spews like blood and goes down the drain i yeah. was just like Ugh.
0: what is it supposed to be
1: well that's what i that well i what i read was nobody really addressed it directly except there was somebody on set because it was like a physical thing they made yeah said that it was just important that they show that the house was like a living thing so like that was their indirectly that was you know there's i like mean a but they constantly
0: scene. showing the heart of the house or whatever right
1: yeah but like she's always closing her eyes and see like they wanted like a physical represent like tangible representation or something like that but yeah right. i still don't really know it was just really gross and creeped me out also yeah oh, fuck i have so many things that i like we'll probably just keep talking we could talk about this for hours i'm sure like while recording but what do you think the what do you think the when she goes down and the wall goes like You know, there's that, like, it's like something's trying to get out. What do you think that was representative?
0: Like that hidden room? Yeah.
1: Like before she discovers it, you know, when she goes down to the basement and then like, it's kind of before anything's happened. And then there's just this, like, it's like, there's like a thud and like dust comes down, like as if something's trying to get out and it just happens once and that's it.
0: Yeah. I thought that the implication there was, that was the boiler starting up or whatever. But, um, well, yeah, but like, what does it represent? Yeah. I don't know.
1: I, I, it certainly was some, fore, there was some foreshadowing there for sure. Like, it was crazy. I was like, ooh, you know, at that point, you still think it's going to be. I mean, maybe you didn't, but like for me at that point, it was early enough that I thought it was still, the movie was still going to be like a, you know, Rosemary's Baby type scenario where was yeah. like
0: something that was waiting to be like released. Well, okay. which kind of is true still, but. Yeah. I listened to a lot of podcasts about movies and not, or indirectly about movies, and a lot of people were complaining. <clears throat> about this movie and not liking it, and at, how do I put this? I mean, it's not a, the podcast that I listen to aren't d- directly about people's comments on movies, but one of the things they ask at the beginning of the show is, "What have you seen lately?" And a lot of people who saw Mother were like, "I, you know, it wasn't for me" or whatever. But the people that I that I had heard who said that they liked it all knew going into it that it was there was some sort of allegorical something there, Mm. right? And so I had that nugget. Like I I hadn't read anything about it, but I just had that in my mind that I knew it was a, all I knew, all I knew. And I thought it was, um, just a garden of Eden thing. Like I thought it was just going to be all Adam and Eve Mm. when I first walked into the movie, but I knew that there was a Bible allegory there. And so it was easy for me to start piecing things together. Although at first I thought Javier Bardem and, uh, Jennifer Lawrence were going to be Adam and Eve, right? And I didn't, I didn't realize until a little bit later on. that I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. I see. Fuck man.
1: What a, cr- what a movie it was a crazy movie, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just wild to me that people hated it. You know, <laughs> like I can understand why someone would be like, it's not for me, but to be like, no, that's a bad movie. Like, that's so crazy. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's it's like people not liking Blade Runner, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's, there's a lot of people who saw Blade Runner 2049 and were like, no, I don't think so. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like, like the greatest movie. Of 2048, like the, 2048. 2049. 2049. 2049. It's basically the best movie, like fucking, I don't know, post 2000 or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like insanely good. I don't know. Um shit man i just just fucking go see just see this movie just go see this movie yeah Yeah. just see see it it. yeah uh
0: okay so shit i feel
1: like we left so much stuff on the table i feel like that wasn't even like a cohesive like no it wasn't you know it was horrible so i apologize i apologize for that
0: we could just do a whole podcast (laughs) not even just an episode just breaking down that movie oh yeah we could do like that star what they did with star
1: wars minute or that like podcast where they break down star wars minute by minute Mm -hmm. Yeah, we could totally do that
0: anyway so uh, yeah what's your recommendation for this week
1: Uh, in keeping with the theme of like an all-encompassing condensed history of you know human beings Mm -hmm. I'm going to recommend a throwback album Saul Williams Amethyst Rockstar okay Saul Williams is like a artist, a poet, uh, a, a rapper. I mean, I, you don't what, you any of those things kind of reduces him to like one thing. He's just like a very talented individual who's been making, you know, he does like kind of like spoken word. Um, but he has a, a record called Amethyst Rockstar and on that album, uh, there's a song called, uh, Coded Language. Okay which we could maybe queue up. It's very, I I'll say this, I think that it can much like these films can maybe rub people the wrong way because it's it's essentially like an amazing powerful moving like 8 minute spoken word piece. Yeah. But done in collaboration with um oh fuck, I'm totally drawing a blank. Um I'm just going to look it up. Uh, like a drum and bass DJ from, oh, like, interesting. From, like, so the instrumentals themselves are, uh, are very intense, but it's, uh, it's fucking amazing. He basically just like cover, he covers every fucking. I don't even know how to describe it. Well, again, we'll just cue it up so you can hear it. Um, but he, He just covers everything he just like there's parts of the song where he just lists um like one of my favorite parts that just still gives me kind of goosebumps or chills is like at the beginning it's not even really a verse because of the structure of the song but he says thus in the name of and then just like lists all of these names he's like robeson godson hurston akhenaten hatshepsut blackfoot helen lennon callo Kali, the three marias tara lilith lord whitman Baldwin, Ginsburg, Kaufman, and then it like goes on and on like Gandhi, Holiday, Davis, Coltrane, Morrison, Joplin. So it's like, you know, musicians, it's, it's, um, like deities, it's like rulers. It's just like significant people, but like, uh, like it is this insanely long list. And then there's like another part where he's just talking about science and mu- it's just like this. It, I, I don't think I've heard a song where somebody encompasses sort of like everything right just everything period like natural you know man-made like all of these different things in such a like impactful way um and yeah for some re- like as particularly watching mother i was like after watching it i was like oh this is kind of like a visual version almost of like this uh this song i, I mean it is a song the way that it was it was forth. but i've also there's a video online where you can watch him just reading it yeah at like a uh Def Jam poetry slam or something like like that from like the early 2000s or the late 90s where he just has literally a scroll he's like written it out on this like long scroll and he's just wow. standing at a mic and he reads it with the same like intensity and cadence but there's like no beats behind it uh incredible it's really good but the whole the whole record is really good it's very uh it's definitely it's not for like it's not light listening you know yeah. like there's a lot of concept there, but it's also just great music, which is the best music. I think is music that like sounds good, but also has like a pretty, you know, it's got guts. So
0: that's my reco. All right. My recommendation for this week is a game and it is kind of on theme in name only though. Okay. So there was a game, uh, a number of years ago called Divinity Original Sin. Mm. And I probably even recommended it like in the early days of the podcast. But the sequel was recently fully released. It was in beta for a long time. I backed it on Kickstarter years ago, or yeah, years ago at this point. Um, and I just started getting into Part Two, and like I said, in name only because it's called Divinity: Original Sin Two. It's like an isometric yeah like role-playing game. Or yeah, isometric, top-down, very akin to uh, the first fallout like fallout one and two or um arcanum or one of these uh well i guess more popular like planescape torment or neverwinter nights um very much like that except they've built in planescape torment that's crazy yeah they've built in so many um variations to everything so like people will when you talk to even just people wandering the streets will have varying reactions depending on like who in your party you use to speak to them. So like based on your race or your class or your age or your sex or your, all of these things, everyone you speak to has varying degrees of dialogue, which is like insane to me how much they must have programmed into this game. And as you, I mean, it's more than that. So like, obviously your choices affect, um, how people will react to you in the future, but to a point where when you do certain things, you get, for lack of a better term, hashtags attached to you. So if you, you know, sell somebody out at one point, you might get a hashtag scoundrel. So from now on, when, when you, uh, you know, talk to a nobleman, they might think of you as a scoundrel, but also when you talk to other scoundrels, you now have dialogue options that you're like, oh, we're on the same page here. So like, let's fucking, figure this out. Right. And it's just like all these layers that I'm like still, it's like an onion that I'm trying to peel and I could probably sit there and play forever. And what's interesting is that in this mode, if you're like a really hardcore nerd, they've built in, I mean the first one had online play, so you could play in a party with your friends if you wanted to, but they've also now built in what's called dungeon master mode. So you could actually use this game, build levels, do whatever to like further whatever, pen and paper RPG you were playing with your buddies and just use this as like a visual representation of, okay, you are now going through the dungeon and, you know, I step here and cast this on this and you have full control. The person who's a dungeon master has full control over mapping it out and whatever, and the people build their characters and then you can play whatever RPG that you would be playing with your friends, but use this as like an aid, which is like insane. That's pretty nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah um shit so maybe i should just, just get too a, much we're doing this like first thing in the morning too yeah. this is like maybe i should get a giant tv and use it as a table and then we should start trying to play some kingdom death some rpgs represented by these little characters i would love to just play fuck man we need to play that again we, de- we definitely need to get in it we should do that did we record an episode about that no we should do a kingdom death episode yeah we we, we definitely should we definitely should. Have you heard of this board game Scythe? No. We should get more into like some tabletop shit though. We haven't done any yet. What, for and the I, podcast? Yeah. Yeah, right. Why not? I mean, we're doing other games and I have like a fuck ton of them in my basement. It's true. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I feel like we have only one or two left for the year.
1: Yeah, so. kind of crept up on us. So we'll do a we'll do a maybe best of.
0: Well, okay. I feel like we should do a Christmas episode. Okay. And then we'll do a best of episode. And I, I apologize if the Christmas one comes out around New Year's and the best of comes out just after New Year's, but like, it's it just going to be what it is. All right. You yeah. Know? yeah. That's fine. Uh, because I got some holiday suggestions. We could people. also
1: do a New Year's one. We could just do like three. I mean, we're going to do three anyway, but you yeah. know what I mean? Like, okay, whatever. We're, yeah. We'll just, uh, we're not even going to tell you. It's just going to be a surprise.
0: Yeah. Hey, yeah, it's gonna yeah, be yeah. a real surprise all right guys um i feel like the you, you gotta love it though it's going to be christmas prince or something because that's a movie that people are hating absolutely hating on on uh on netflix but we'll see we'll see uh okay until next time keep loving it
3: the diaspora community to its drum-woven past, whereas the Quantide's drum has allowed the whirling mathematicians to calculate the ever-changing distance between rock and stardom, whereas the velocity of spinning vinyl cross-faded, spun backwards and re-released at the same given moment of recorded history, yet at a different moment in time's continuum has allowed history to catch up with the present. We do hereby declare reality unkept by the changing standards of dialogue. Statements such as keep it real, especially when punctuating or anticipating modes of ultra-violence inflicted psychologically or physically, or depicting an unchanging pool of events, will henceforth be seen as retroactive and not representative of the individually determined... collective consciousness of this state of being And the lessened distance between thought patterns And their secular manifestations The role of men as listening receptacles Is to be increased by a number No less than 70% of the current Enlisted as vocal aggressors Motherfuckers better realize Now is the time to self-actualize We have found evidence that hip-hop stand at 85 RPM When increased by a number of at least half the rate of its